Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host. Welcome to On My Block Podcast. I'm your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall. And he's about to come and clean the top off right there at the end of the video, which is something that all my linemen did, which I love that they did because they sent a message to other teams, players. Don't, that, hey, don't get it twisted, AG. Nobody did that more than me, man. I got the rug to prove it. <laughs> oh, you got the the reward for that? Uh, I got the rug, man. I got the rug for that. The war, the war it, dog, whatever it. it was called. Uh, and I believe that I'm not going to doubt you, homie. I'm not going to doubt you. So welcome to the podcast. So crazy, crazy weekend uh, for myself, but for NBA, baseball, basketball, we're going to get into this read, knock this out right away. So BetOnline is our remains our number one source for our NBA playoffs betting this season. Get your analysis and every play prop point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, Team matchups, game trends at Bet Online. So update updated odds for every live games, the conference championships, right down to the NBA finals. And man, it's been like a football playoff in the NBA. Man, they be getting physical, and the referees are just letting them go. So I, I kind of like it, but these guys are they ain't, they ain't about that life, but they're trying to act like they are, Mike. So yeah, I I, I don't think it's like you say that, and then I, my mind goes back to like the nineties, and you're right. They, they've. It's just like anything else. What's that Drake line? Trigger fingers. Trigger fingers become Twitter fingers. <laughs> I ain't heard that. One, but I, I, that sounds like Drake. That's right it. Thing. Yeah. All right, but BetOnline is our num- NBA headquarters this season. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to sign up for and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag where the game starts, Mike. And we had draft week. Mm-hmm. And then playoffs, NHL playoffs, we had a lot of stuff going on. But obviously, we were focused on the NFL draft three-day event now that was that has changed over the years. It certainly has. And, and what's the other thing that's changing, so the format's changed. It used to be the first three days. Excuse yep. me, the first three rounds are in day one. It used to be like an eight-hour day. I'm not going to lie. I actually – I thought I was going to hate how they do it. And I actually – I enjoyed it. I, I watched, and this is one of the first one of the first time my kids were out with their Mike, friends. You need to put me in. I'm I'm still in the studio. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> we would. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> no, you good. Aha! Anyways, what I was saying was on on Thursday night and Friday, the kids were out, so I started watching this thing. I usually don't, you know, I just kind of pick up the who you know who who picked what and whatnot. Yeah. But I watched this thing. It was, who we picked up, right? I think different networks have, are doing a, a good job. There's some guys that, you know, just like anything else, you got you got guys you want to listen to and guys you don't, or, or people exactly, you want to yeah. listen to. And, I should 100%. say people you want to listen to and people you don't. 100%. What's happening now, one thing is, is happening now is undrafted free agents. So if you go to the draft and you don't get drafted, or if, you, if, you're, if you're participating in the draft and you don't get drafted, you can sign as an undrafted free agent. And in the last five, ten years, it's be, kind of come a big deal because you have a better chance of – of a, you can get bigger signing bonuses as an undrafted free agent as a, as you would like a sixth or seventh round pick because they're slotted. It's slotted money, right? And two, you and your agent, your family can kind of start discussing if, let's say, you have two or three options to go as an undrafted free agent. You can go to a specific team that you think you have the best chance to actually make the squad. 
So, so it's like college again. You could just pick. It's not, kind of yeah, pick. it's it's kind of interesting because now you're thinking like, let's say, AG, let's say you, you and I are both guys that are maybe are seventh round draft picks. Right. And you're going like, well, shoot, man, I hope I get to be undrafted because, A, these guys are picking up. And it's not like a ton of money, but, you know, $20,000, $30,000 signing bonus. But right. they're as undrafted guys, but they're also, let's say, you know, Green Bay wants you, the Patriots want you, the Bengals. You can choose which team you go to versus if you get drafted, you're kind of okay. you're out to lunch. And what's happening now is the 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 teams are now going, wait a second, we're spending extra money and we're not necessarily getting the guys we want because it's free, it turns into a free agency. Correct. A lot of teams are thinking about trading back into the draft and picking up like a ton of seventh round picks. So they don't have to actually go through and fight all these other teams and and, and pay extra money and do all this stuff for for free agents. Interesting, uh, interesting set of circumstances that is developing there with the draft. One hundred percent. And with that, like you said, it's a for the player, it's a probably a better situation money wise uh, for the team. Um, it actually sounds like a, a better ideal because you get more options at a cheaper price. What you have to spend on players in the draft and every draft. Uh, from first round down to seventh round, obviously, it's just it's a big decrease of price. So now that price, it could be more of a if you just are you good with numbers and uh, getting talent in the building of what you need. And now you could get what we're going to talk about with the Packers, what they did with their draft. You could get inventory now and then get these players that are those seven rounders, those free free agent players are more than hungry to get and, and somehow solidify themselves on an NFL roster, become OTAs and then get ready for training camp. So that would be something that I say that is something that uh, for a player that has the right mindset mm -hmm. is win-win. Yeah, and let's – I mean, let's just talk – because we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about these late-round draft picks, AG. So let's you, – you start with the kicker, Anders Carlson. He's probably the, the kid from Auburn. He's got a – Mason Crosby, thanks for playing. Like, we, we're probably moving on from that relationship, Correct. although it's been a phenomenal relationship on both sides. Yeah, great, great, but, great career. You look at Carrington Valentine, the quarterback of Kentucky, Lou Nichols the third, uh, the running back out of Central Michigan – the only safety we draft, Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Iowa State, actually was a cornerback at Iowa as Iowa State, and then got moved to safety his last year. So kind and of that's a good thing. That's a good yeah, thing. He's a more physical guy. I actually yeah. really like him. But and and then Grant Dubois, the the receiver for Charlotte. These guys are you know you always look at those guys, and you and I go, okay, there's probably special teams contributors first and foremost, yeah. right? But from the Packers standpoint, one of the, one or two of these guys is going to make the squad. Yeah, and you're 100%. and you're getting them on the cheap. I mean, you're, you're just getting them on the cheap, as opposed to having to go out. You know, if you get Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Iowa State, if you pick him up in undrafted as an undrafted free agent, you're probably paying him more money. Yeah, he's probably had his choice of uh, a couple different places he wants to go. So now he starts talking to, maybe he starts talking to I don't know the Vikings, and you know, maybe they got a better fit for him or whatever. Right. But it's it is an interesting dynamic, AG. But let's we, we might as well kick this thing off and start talking about from the top down, because I think the Packers did something interesting, at least it, it, with their first pick at Lucas Van Ness, the, the defensive lineman. I'm just going to, I know, you know, is he an edge player, outside linebacker, defensive end, he played defensive tackle, you know, he's, he's right. six, six, five, 275 pounds, around a four, five, eight at, at, at the, uh, at the combine athletic freak. I mm -hmm. didn't know his nickname was Hercules. Had, ah. I, know, had I known that I might've felt a little bit differently about him. Right, because I, I know you and nicknames. You're you're not a big fan of nicknames unless oh, you. Oh, I'm it. Hercules. I love that. Are you kidding me? Right, 
But I'm saying I, other other nicknames where you earn them. You have to earn yeah, them. Yeah, well, listen, I, if you're from Iowa, here's the thing. I love Iowa guys. I mean, this I, I did a, yeah, me too. I did a Defense alignment, linemen, uh, and tight ends. Yeah, they, they produce, right? They produce. Yep. And and before um, before they had the incident, when, you know, obviously with Coach Coach Ferentz and then Chris Doyle, before Chris Doyle had the incident, you know, all the stuff happened at mm-hmm. Iowa. They are, they, and they still are. They just known for bringing, you know, guys that are playing in the trenches. They those guys develop. They turn two star, one star guys into guys like Robert Gallery. Get picked up second pick in the draft years ago right. um, to, from Iowa to the Raiders. So, you're Brandon Scherf. I mean, they've got. I mean, they just have guys. Aaron, K- I Aaron watch Cantman. it and I immediately go. Maybe it's because he's white. Maybe it's because of his stance. I, but you know, I go, oh, Aaron Cameron. Like this, you know. Let's the Packers are hoping that this guy develops into an Aaron Cameron. The right. thing that the thing that. And we can watch a couple of clips of tape at 13. And I don't know how you think about this, AG, but at 13, I want a guy that um, is almost, unless it's quarterback, is like a game-changing plug-and-play guy from the jump. Yes. And, and it was really surprising to me that they picked this player up in particular because he wasn't even the best left available in his position, for me at least, because Miles right. Murphy, I think, was still on the board, you know, for the Green Bay for for this position. And if you looked at like the hierarchy of, all right, what do we really need? You know, offensive lineman, safety, tight end, mm-hmm. uh, an edge, an edge player, maybe being the top four. I would have thought that edge was the least necessary move given the what we have there. And I know Rashawn Gary is going to be hurt uh, right. at the beginning of the year. But having said all that, this guy does have some attributes. I don't know if you've watched anything on tape. Or you have any thoughts on it before we jump in? But it, it's he's he's got the he's got the right background and pedigree. He has a great work ethic. Everything everybody speaks highly of him. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's young, and for me, he's just when I look at it, just a lot of development needs to happen in both the run and pass game in order for him to produce at a level worthy of the thirteenth pick. That's why I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there on game-changing talent. I definitely agree with that because guys that go above the top in the top 15, those are guys that are coming in. It don't matter the position. Um, maybe quarterback is the only one that may not be a starter, but you you know you don't expect to be a starter because they got to develop. But any other position, running back, quarterback, or running back, wide receiver, D line, linebacker, top 15th pick. That is a guy that's starting day one of training. You know, he's in day current. He's in the rotation of training camp. Day one preseason, he's playing. And then obviously day one, week one, NFL season, he's coming in off the bench. I like his motor. Um, and it's not surprising of any Iowa defender that I've seen over the previous years, even time during our time on the football field, like you mentioned, Aaron Kaffin and other players that came out of there defensively um, and even offensively, but defensively has that motor, is aggressive. And, and, and it looks like he can – if he needs to change up, if he doesn't need to have his hand in the ground, he can do that. He he does have the technique of, of what we've seen from D linemen and linebackers that are potentially could have their hand in the ground for edge rushing. And 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 that, yeah, you know it's going to be a guy the way that Iowa coaching staff, I say, develops their players mentally, physically, mentally he's going to be all together, be ready to go and be ready for training and ready for these OTAs coming up and then training at, training camp in August. I don't think there's any doubt that this kid, and let's just watch a little bit of him, AG. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that this kid can can uh, can produce 
at this level. And this is some tape I pulled off Block Party. Just to, so six five two seventy two ran a four five eight. Um, I got a couple of clips here. We'll just show just to just to point some things out because he's got a lot of what you're looking for, but he's just you know it's like there's a lot of work to do. And you you, you think about like Aiden Hutchinson last year um, out of Michigan. He kind of mm-hmm. comes in and yeah, he's still going to get a lot better. The ceiling's higher than it is now, but the dude's coming in and producing. A me- I mean, day one, you know, right. you know, tackles for loss, sacks, he had two interceptions against us for God's sakes. But you look at you look at Lucas Van Ness here, and I think something that it's interesting to hear different people talk about guys like this because it's like you're 6'6", 275, you got long arms, you have a wrestling background, I think you have a hockey background, you have great mm-hmm. so great core strength, you're going to be man strong, right? We just call that man strong. <laughs> right. he's, he's playing against the center right here, and so people are going, oh, yeah, I can slide him inside, and you can do this and that, he can push the pocket. I'm like, I'm like guys, he's 275 pounds. Like, I don't care how strong you are. You're 275 playing against 300, 320-330-pound guards and centers. You're not pushing the pocket in the National Football League at 275 yeah, He's doing that in college, not in yeah, pros. But, but it, it, that's, I guess my point is like it doesn't translate, man. This is ridiculous. But anyhow, they, they did move him around. He's 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 got that Aaron Campman stance. You see him number 91 over, yep. over the center here. He does, it's, it's exactly when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's scary. Yeah, man. It's, <laughs> it's too funny. He, you see, he gets he gets locked up by this this larger player. And again, I I don't. Um, we've talked about this before, bro. Like a lot of guys want to create their narrative, and so they'll just pick cherry pick plays. Dude, mm-hmm. I watched like three. Yeah, I just watched three series of this guy play against Ohio State, which you know is a very very good football team. They NFL two, caliber team players. They have two, they have two NFL tackles, yep. right? And, and we'll see him here playing against uh, Paris Johnson Jr., who's the uh, six pick in the draft for the Arizona Cardinals. I think he was probably taken too high, in my opinion. He's probably the third best tackle in this draft. Mm-hmm. But you are maybe fourth after the guy that I think we should have picked up at, at 14, who got picked up at 14, but that's another right. story. Lucas Van Ness, I think that's why people love him, though. Heavy handed, long arms. You see the bull rush here. And he just goes right into it and pressures the pocket. And this translates. And this yes. is of, of everything that you could say about a player, does he understand the angles of rushing? Like, does he understand his angles of departure, right? Does he understand mm-hmm. his confrontation angle? And can, can is he good with a two-hand bull rush on the upfield shoulder where he gets good, he can kind of get a good lean into the guy? And he shows here that he can do that. Yeah. And so right there, it's like you've got something that a lot of guys don't have anymore because they don't want to play the power game. And that, to me, is just, at, you know, again, I always look at this – from a defensive lineman standpoint, I go, okay, am I scared of the guy or not? Right. right? Is, is there anything that he's doing that bothers me? <clears throat> and I don't know if he's at this stage, strong, fast, experienced enough to, to for that to be a definitive, yeah, this would bother a, a good player, but he at least is trying to think about things the right way. And that's, I mean, for me, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, for D lineman edge rushers, the mindset is penetration. The mindset is how, do I get past him, the person in front of me, as fast as possible? And if I or push him back into the pocket to create a small pocket for the quarterback and the run game, and to have that mindset and understand that right away off the ball, as we saw there in that first that first play there, bull rush, then that's the basis of then developing other moves off of that that he has. So he has that knowledge and expertise right now. So that's as a coach, there's a, a room to grow um, him um, once he gets to um, our locker room and to the to my uh, to my office.
Yeah, no doubt. And I think the big thing you said there is he, he's got really, really good hands. He does. He, he yeah. plays with inside hands a lot. Now, he, awareness, football IQ, all of that kind of stuff, false stepping, you know, it could be better. The I think guys I that we were watching, Miles Murphy could play out of a two point. He's got, he's got a uh -huh. kind of got unique band. He's six foot five. These guys should be playing at two points. I'm talking about uh, Wilson and, and Van Ness here. Dude, you're not just play out of a three point. And I know it's sexy to play out of a two point. It means you're an athlete. You don't have to put your hand in the ground. But leverage wise, you're just going to get a lot more out of your body right now if you can if you can play out of a, out of a uh, see, a three point more. And you see Wilson. AG like I, I just I, I had I talked about him and Tyree Wilson kind of in the same vein because they a lot of these guys when they get when they play with their with their hand in the ground they're a completely right. different player. And you pick this guy's hand up and he's just not as explosive he's the yep, not as steps, dynamic not as dynamic you see here this is a play where he's got space between the guard and center you see the safety coming down on the outside of the right yeah right behind him you know so so the the left guard's clearly going to his right our left on the screen and he just puts his head down tries to bury it in paris johnson's the chest here and these are just like football opportunities that we have to be a little bit more aware of i think mm -hmm. You know, instead yeah, of because of the because of the space involved, and you have outside leverage help from the from twenty six to safety, right? Because so, he have it, he has his head up, eyes up, that he can see where he can get his body into it and also fit into a, a run gap, and then the safety can just read his eyes or read his positioning and fit fit into another gap. Exactly, and and this is this really just comes down to very simply the football IQ. Here's here's kind of another thought process, and this is why people love him. You see him over against. The big fella, I uh, forgot the name of of um, of the of the right tackle, but he's like 380. I mean, he's a monster. I really, really like this guy. Oh yeah, he's. I don't know if that's true. Let's, but he's he's a he's a big he's a big dude. Okay, but big human. but look big at Vanessa spins him all the way around. I mean, this is the kind of you know long arm leverage power that guys get excited about, and rightfully yeah. so. I mean, you see this again, and dude, dude spins around like a damn top. And then, you know, as, so you, that's no, that's what you don't want as an O lineman. <laughs> you don't want to be looking at your quarterback. <laughs> no, but you, but what you what you like is when you're looking at traits, and this is kind of the, this is the the whole conversation about a 13th pick of the draft, right? When you're when you're looking at traits, you go, oh man, there's some traits there. He plays with he's got he's got leverage, especially when he's in the three point. Mm -hmm. He under he's got really he's got elite hand placement. He's not like good with his hands, but as far as like getting his hands on your chest, which is like the number one most important thing for a defensive lineman to do, right. he's better at it than most people are. He's got a good motor. He comes from a he comes from a good school that's good at developing talent. I just and I, I hope the kid turns into an all pro. And I, there's no reason he won't. With the 13th pick in the draft, I was just a little bit. It was surprising to me. It was surprising because I thought man, this guy would be a great late first rounder, second round pick. Right. Just, just given where he's at right now today, his ability to strike fear in the hearts of an offensive guard, an offensive tackle, I just don't know if it's there right now. But yeah, we'll wait and see. The Packers certainly spent a lot of time looking at that pick. They, have, they saw something that made them pick him, you know, something they liked. Well, it, 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 potentials, the, 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 here's the thing about the draft, you know, it's, Ag, this is the question, and we're not used to picking this high, right? Right, and so you know, usually when you kind of you said the you know top fifteen, there's kind of a line of demarcation there where you go, 
after 15, this is probably a next year he's going to show up. Yeah. 15 down, you kind of go, he bet this year he better produce it. I think this guy will see the field, obviously, because Rashawn Gary and the rotation and everything. Mm-hmm. But is he going to produce it maybe the level of some of the other high draft picks? I mean, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, you gotta wait and see. Um, like I said, he has a he has the prerequisites, he has the pedigree of uh being ready to go. Um now I just gotta see how he develops in training in OTAs, like I mentioned, in training camp. That's it. And uh, bar an injury, <laughs> just keep him there. I, I think the Packers hit a home run in the second round with Luke Musgrave, man. I, um, 100. I like him. I've yeah, seen six, his film. I like six, both six, the tight ends actually. They're good. Six six two fifty three around a four six. Um, he's got great bend. He is kind of. He has injury history, so he didn't. Especially this last year, he didn't play very often. Neither you know, Kraft didn't play very often either. Right. Um, I think he only played six games. But this guy, this is one of the few guys that I've seen that can be a complete tight end in this uh, draft. Yeah. You know, and, and I know everyone's everyone pointed at Michael Mayer being a complete tight end. Okay, well, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think the ceiling on this guy is much higher. This is going to come down very simply to what he showed you in the interview and who is leading that room. Who's the tight end room, yes. Who's leading the tight end room? That is going to be a huge deal because you see the bend right there, man. I mean, you you that's something that we just look at from a strength conditioning standpoint. Like you can't teach what he just did at six foot six. And he loses yeah. this block, but it's like you're you're trying to figure out how this guy can move and operate is different. He can move differently than the other guys on that tight end list. And because of that, like I think this is a absolutely monster opportunity and monster pickup yeah he has the drive he has the want uh, he could catch the ball and he could do what we've been asking uh tight ends to do for the packers you got to catch the ball and block little seam yeah. here i mean nice just little sm- route nice shake there you know gets open and everything so he's he's a he's a fantastic opportunity um they they drafted two guys really that are kind of they're both they're both F tight ends. And actually, oh I, I just I love this this uh this still shot AG. I put it in here because so he's up there running in the third in the second slot with two wide receivers, free release for all three of them. He's in front. <laughs> right. After, after 10 yards, he's he's leading. And they're all you know they're all they're all running deep routes. So I mean he's he's the one running the dig. So right. you just you have a guy here. There's just something to this guy that I think he's really going to be able to produce for us. Again, both him and Tucker Craft. Great names, by the way. Oh, Tucker great Kraft. names. Tucker Craft is a goddamn phenomenal name. I mean, you yeah, that's a great him. name. I say like, yeah. Tucker Craft. That's a that's yeah. a tight end's name yeah. right yeah. there. He's a he's a tight <laughs> he's a tight end or like a World War II airplane pilot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like un- it. Unbelievable, man. But yeah. only played six games. We're talking about Tucker Craft now. Six games. So both guys are coming off. I we talked about this earlier, and it didn't have to be first round, but the the ability to get yep. high level skill players that can develop with Jordan Love. Like they're Jordan Love. These are Jordan Love's guys. Yeah. Even even Dobbs and and Christian Watson were drafted for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, in the immediacy, these are Career. Jordan. These are the first like, oh, who's a Jordan Love's guys? Oh, they drafted these two tight ends to be his security blankets. Exactly. You know, that's and, the guy you want to go to. Musgrave can play 
anywhere along the line. They've every all of these guys had a um, had a, a true wide tight end that sometimes would come in and then they would play off. But Luke Musgrave lines up on the ball. He can he can run block. Um, not as good as maybe Laporta, who who went shortly after him. But I mean, these both of those guys I thought were home run hits. If you got either one of them, yeah. Kraft, you can play on the ball, off the ball. They've run like wide receiver tight screens for this guy. I mean, they're you know middle screens. They, he's a good athlete just playing at a small school. Yeah, yeah, he has. A, he, has, I mean, like both tight ends, both of these guys are almost photocopy of themselves of each other in terms of the mindset, the ability to catch the ball and run the ball, running with the ball after the catch, and then dumping somebody if they have to in a run game. They have the physical to do it, and they want to do it. You could tell they want to do it. They, I mean, I watched a few films of him basically planting a DN slash linebacker in the ground. Even though it's a small college, okay, no problem. But still, you see that the drive is there to get the job, to get the job done. I'm excited about both. I'm I'm so excited that we have a premier tight end again. We really haven't since what Jermichael Finley, I guess. Yeah, that was somebody where people worried about him game after game. Yeah, now I, we we're getting closer to see how these guys develop through. Like I said, same thing. OTAs work. It's hurry up and wait now. OTAs coming up, training camp, barring injury. All right, who's the who's going to be the guys in that room and who's going to be the number one coming out of that room. The other thing is, though, think about what this means for how Goody and LaFleur want to put together that the team, mm-hmm. but also the offense, right? This looks a lot more like the San Francisco. Yes. I have two guys that I can bring – I can put on the field that at the same time. That was a 12 formation? And, and we can run like, – I just – I was just privy to look at um, the playbook for – the run game playbook for, you know, the – the San Francisco style playbook mm-hmm. and the amount of mo like you need a, a use check. You need a Kittle to run it effectively. Those. And these can be the guys, man. It's super exciting. So hopefully we're going towards that because you know, you have, I discussed like that's for me, that's the best offense going given the, given what we have up front, given what we have from a skill set position. I, I can't wait to see how they use these guys in, in, uh, in this first year. I think they're going to come in and have a huge impact. Right. They got the run game to do it. They got the running back to do it. So it's going to be fun. Jaden Reed was our third round pick. Uh, Jaden Reed's an, he's an interesting story. He might be the steal of this draft. This guy, uh, if you watch his like senior bowl highlights, blew the doors off everybody's practice guy, like practice player of the week in senior bowl. Mm-hmm. He went from, uh, he went from like Western Michigan to, uh, Michigan state after his freshman year, he's a freshman, all American. Right. And so he has to sit out that transfer year. And then in 2021, this dude's got 59 for uh, 1,026, 10 touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, one punt return. He's first team All American, mm-hmm. right? And he's an undersized guy. Yeah. Everybody's, you know, he, everybody says, uh, you know, shoot, man, go in the draft. It's time. Like you're an All American yeah. after one year. Let's go. He says, Nah, I got some unfinished business here. He stays in for college. Quarterback's no good. Team's no good. His numbers go down. So no one's really. No one's really talking about him. He's not right. a combine killer. He's you know 13 reps, runs a four four five, which is to me is really fast. To you is like kind of fast. He's <laughs> 33 and a half inch vert. It's like that's not really that high. That's okay. So he's that's not. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you see some of these guys run dropping 37s out there, 38s all the time. Right. Jeez. But when you at, watch at whiteout, right? At whiteout, right? So yeah, not well, certainly not me. But <laughs> you see this dude running out of the slot. You just kind of close your eyes, picture him in the slot. Yeah, smooth route runner. He's super deceptive, really good in and out of transitions. 
good hands, catches the ball away from his hands. Like you just another player where you got to get excited about and where you picked him up. Like you and I don't really care about the tape as far as I don't care if you're in a four, four, five, because what he beat every dude at the senior bowl. Like he made him look stupid. So, I mean, he has the, uh, the IQ when he, you can see when he runs his route, when he comes off the break, he knows how to position himself to catch the ball. If it's a post, a deep in post route um, or deep in corner route, Um, him being a special teamer, that's bonus, especially, especially his rookie year. He'll be able to help that that special teams. That's always been a problem for the Packers. You know, we even it changed up last year, but now you got one extra guy along with Nixon that could then bring a big change to the to the punt game or kickoff return game, wherever they may put him. Um, but having a slot, this is the slot guy you want. You want somebody that's going to create issues in the middle of the field and able then what LaFleur likes to do with those slot guys that have the speed, you know, like it's not breakaway speed, but it's speed enough to run what he like, what LaFleur likes to call with these little reverses or slip screens or anything like that with Reed having, you know, having Reed in there. I like that he has a, a touchdown rushing. That means he did at least one end around in the, during the year, obviously you said mm-hmm. special teams value. So it's exciting. I mean, it's, these are so far you're looking at the draft and you go, we didn't address pretty the good. offensive line, but it looks pretty good. You go, you move on to uh the Colby Wooden and and I'm going to drop all the way down to Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Both these guys fit the mold of they've both played in four point stances with the hand in the hand in the ground. Now, Wooden was actually kind of interesting. He plays multiple positions on the line. He played for Auburn. Um, he's not a great rusher. Like he's very very limited in his moves. He's got. Come on, you know, Carl. He's got a, uh, talking about uh, Colby Wooden. He's oh, Colby. very limited from in Auburn. Passer. From Auburn. From Auburn, right? He's got he's got a he's got a stab chop. He fits really well in just a base three four scheme. He's well built. Like I wouldn't call him uh, exceptionally athletic. You just say this. That's a well built dude. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he he runs a four eight. He's got a one seven split. He plays physical. He reminds me yes. of um, I'm, I'm my the name so the guy who played for the the L A Rams for years at defensive end. It's just a Lock- super super I blockers. No, Green. Uh, what was his name? I'll remember it. But okay, he, he's just he's just a really physical guy. He attacks the the split flow guys. He attacks fullbacks. Mm-hmm. He attacks pulling guards. He just brings that to you. He can stand up. He can play in his, a three point or a four point. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a good um, base three four guy that can also play the nickel. You're just you're just adding weapons to that roster right now that. Is you know as you start to look at it with you know Wyatt taking a step next year or from last year and obviously having Kenny Clark. I know we lose a couple guys, but it still looks like a it looks like we're building a really good room. You got mm-hmm. Lucas Van Ness. I mean, it, you get excited about the defensive line because I think that's really where we need to dominate. Carl Brooks at a Bowling Green. Carl doesn't have good combine numbers, but he is six four, three hundred pounds. Um, he has pass rush ability. Yeah. He, a four point he, he can he can run he can run from the tackle he's kind of slippery he can flip his hips i'm not going to sit here and tell you he's got great hips he's got great bend he plays he plays a little bit tall when he goes into pass rush but he stay i mean he obviously stands out at bowling green as far as just his physical size and athleticism the way he looks amongst those other guys yeah but he looks like he can hold the point of attack he does a really good job Winning with two inside hands in that in that four eye look, and when you're playing the three four defense with a defensive tackle, yeah, which is gonna be good at guys up, which is like kind of again 
what is the number one thing you got to be able to do? You got to be able to stand the dude up, shed a block, he gets a single block, fall off the backside and make the play, especially if you're playing gap in the half like the Packers do. So, yeah. I, it's I mean, exciting. They're it's exciting. Like I said, you know, the inventory that they were able to get at, you know, 13 players for a draft when you only get seven picks. So, obviously, with the trades going on before the draft had happened, that helped. And then getting guys like these two guys, uh, Cole, uh, Brooks and uh, Kobe Wooden, um, that is, again, you're really now competition in the room. That's another thing they're doing. So they're putting a lot of heads in these rooms where these young guys from competitive conferences, SEC, ACC, you know, Big Ten, where they understand what they are coming there there for, what they're, you know, bringing, being brought in there for. And having the technique down that they already have is good. Then they'll be able to get a little bit better to then crack into that starting lineup or just get into the rotation because that's something that any defense wants to have. They want to have a good rotation between their front five or front three uh, as rushers, uh, outside linebackers being in a 3-4. We came out of the draft. We can say that Yash is going to be our starting right tackle and we have our, our, our offensive lines settled. Yes. Who are our starting safeties? D. <laughs> right now? We didn't, well, I didn't bring, you didn't bring back Adrian Amos. Nope. Okay. They, they 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 drafted Iowa State late round. I yeah. can't imagine he's starting. You know, Savage no. is, like Savage is in the room. He's in the room. You know, you got yeah. Ennis Gaines, Rudy Ford. Rudy yep. Ford played at the end of last year, played pretty well. But I don't know that anybody's thinking like we're gonna put everything on Rudy Ford to be the bell cow safety on this team. Right. Um, Dallin Levitt's in there. Who's, where are we picking this guy? Maybe there's a guy that I don't know about that we that we're uh, that we're picking up. The Tavares Moore, yeah. Where did he come Tavares. from? Tavares Moore is the the one that we had two free agents this year. He's a special teams player. Okay, got gotcha. it. Mean, excuse me, he's a safety that plays special teams, but he'll be a special teams player. Got it, got he, it. But we don't have. I mean, we we still haven't really figured that out. Um, so there's still some questions to be answered. Maybe they'll answer it in training camp. Are they saying is this them telling us that Darnell Savage is going back to safety? That would be a interesting. I, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think <clears throat> with the room, with the I say, you look at all the DBs. We know Nixon and Rudy Ford are dynamic. We know they can be the wild cards. Where if we need to put Nixon at a, at a certain corner or even a safety, when we know Ford is at the safety already, he can move around free and strong. I think that is again bringing in Anthony Johnson Jr. Just more of an inventory thing, and then seeing. Who's going to step up in the room? Dude, you know, that's, that's a premier I, position, though, bro. Like, yeah, that, I understand like, that. I'm like, this isn't one of those guys. Like, this isn't like, uh, this isn't, I don't, for me at least, you see guys with good safeties. That ain't mix and match to me, man. I'm try, I want to get like, I want a guy. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I we're football go. guys, though. And I'm, yeah. I'm putting my yeah. head into the GM seat where they're not, fo- you know, there are football guys, but we know at the end of the day, they, they're trying to be and they're not. So, well, That's and this is, this wasn't this wasn't a great safety draft to be fair. No, yeah, you didn't see a whole lot of big great hitters. Safety draft. I mean, there's not guys with range, you know, knockout. But artists. even like the number one guy, Brian Branch, you went to. We'll talk about him in a sec here, but he he played star at Alabama and didn't test. You know, good not great on the testing. It, mm-hmm. it just there wasn't guys that just jump off. Of, you know. There wasn't a, a math, you know, there wasn't a honey badger out there going, you're like, oh man, nah. this can't this can't miss, you know. Yeah. Or like Earl, remember God, remember when Earl Thomas came out? Oh my God. Man, Sean uh Sean uh, Taylor, Sean Taylor. 
Well, yeah, if you, you want to go way back, but boy, you that go was, way he, back. he was a different, but like he was, he's like a different species, man. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, My favorite thing of all time is still when he knocked that kicker out of the Pro Bowl. Oh, awesome. Greatest hit I've ever seen in the Pro Bowl. AG, who won the draft? Who's the draft winner for you? <clears throat> I would say a team like the Eagles. Like they got better defensively too they got Jalen Carter being that as a first pick Mm -hmm. that is a is a win in my book they already were in the Super Bowl playoffs divisional champs and now they just stiffen up when they lost uh, Mossgrave to free agency and now you bring in another guy that could potentially during the by the end of the season he could be one of the guys you can depend on you could trust in the middle for that Philly defensive line that's already still has really good players still in, in there along and in practice along against uh, Kelsey led uh, O line that they have too. So I say that's I say that's one team that just e- e- not thinking about it that had, pops off my head. They already had Davis. I mean, should they had his teammate from Georgia? You right. know what I mean? The, the Eagle, I don't know how the Eagles allow everybody to do this. <laughs> it's like okay, I got you know I got Brandon, I got Fletcher, I got Jordan Davis. You know, I, oh, uh, you know I, I got Hassan Reddick. Oh, okay. You know what? I think we're a good room. We'll just trade. We'll trade up and get the best player in the damn draft, Jalen Carter. That's what they did. <laughs> and, and then they go, oh, then we're gonna trade back in and we're gonna get his running mate, Nolan Smith, who, by the way, is the only defensive end who's earned like a four three forty at the at the combine. I mean, Amazing. I know his production doesn't match his numbers, but put him on the other side of Hassan Reddick and see what happens. Like, I can't. It's gonna be a problem. Tyler Steen from Alabama. Tyler Steen is a good offensive tackle from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Kaylee Ringo, the kid from Georgia, dude, he was a second day guy and he dropped to the fourth round. You mm. just like they, Moro Ojomo. I did a thing on Moro Ojomo, the Texans defensive end. That guy is a, he is like an average athlete, master technician in college already. Like he's, he's they good. Did, but I'll tell you, there's two teams I want to talk about besides the Eagles. One, hats off to the Houston Texans. Yes. And here's why. Another so one. So the Houston Texans, they have the second pick in the draft. And first of all, they wiped off all that S2 nonsense, and they just picked C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Here's the, here's the deal. When they traded up and got Will Anderson, everybody thought they were going to take Will Anderson second, okay? And if when they took C.J. Stroud, the Arizona Cardinals are sitting there, and they've got suitors. Because a lot of people wanted to pick up C.J. Stroud with the third pick, okay? Mm. So if they would have picked Will Anderson, the cost of getting back to C.J. Stroud would have been way higher. Yeah. But as soon as as soon as they picked C.J. Stroud, everybody's like, well, that's what we wanted. So all of a sudden they backed off and they got that pick, which they still had to give up a lot for. They did. They got, they got a lot because of that Deshaun Watson trade. Right. They get Will Anderson. So they get two and three. They basically just picked up the figurehead for the offense and the defense for the next 10 years. Yeah, it was in one um, fail in one fail swoop. That was a uh, uh, a gap blitz to the draft. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. was a, a, I was like, oh, play. my God. I'm like, that check is everyone else is playing chess, bro. And then they exactly. pick up, they need a center. Quisenberry has been playing center, done an OK job. His 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 pass rush his pass rush. Uh, his pass blocking and his run blocking were not up to par last year. They pick up two centers. They get the kid from Notre Dame, and they get in the second uh, second round. They get Juicy Struggs from uh, a Juice Struggs from, from Penn State. State. Yeah, I just feel like I like the kid. I like the 
I mean, I like them all. I like the DN from TCU. Yeah. I, the kid that the linebacker Henry uh, Toto from uh, Alabama. Again, another guy. You're going. I thought he was going to be gone day two. Oop. What happened? They, I mean, this. Yeah. They killed it. Yeah. Here, here's the here's the team, and this is controversial. I think the Detroit Lions had a incredible draft, and I do not care what position we're talking about and what the value is. You look at their draft, round one, pick 12, Jamar Gibbs, Alabama, running yep. back. You yeah, it was controversial because of the running back part of it, right? Yeah, but, dude, he's a ball player. He is. Reggie, Reggie Bush was a first-round draft pick. And, you know, I mean, you just yeah. go, like, where, I can put this guy anywhere. He's a magic put him, Yes, he could get right? in the slot. He could come off the backfield. He could do whatever you want him. You ask him to do. And he Jack has the Campbell. size. Jack Campbell, first-round pick. Like, okay, the middle linebacker, you know, but dude, he's going to be a starter on your team for 10 years. Yeah. Day one starter, both those guys. S- round two, Sam Laporta, my second favorite, very, very close second favorite tie in from Iowa. Absolute stud, going to be a game changer. They got rid of, they got, uh, they got rid of TJ last year and sent him to Minnesota. Now they got another number one tight end in yeah. that passing attack. Incredible. Brian Branch, the number one safety on the board, drops all the way to pick 45 in round two. They get mm. him. And then, just to top it off, they go, we'll take a flyer on Hendon Hooker because he was probably top three quarterback in this before he blows his ACL based on how he was playing last season. And right. we get to pick him up in the third round hey. in case we don't love Goff. ACL was about, yeah, Tennessee quarterback. I remember him. Yeah. Yep. I know, yeah. And that right there, it shows you, you know, with the injury, that obviously gives some teams some hesitation because now they say, okay, he got a heal from ACL, and how long is that going to take to get him actually on the field so we could see some real reps right. um, with our, you know, with our with our offensive line, with our run game, with our receivers. Um, but you got to be like, you know what? I saw what I saw before he got hurt. That's a quarterback I like. So you can't. Injuries are injuries. It's just like bad weather. They're gonna come and go. Yeah. And you gotta make your you gotta you gotta trust yourself, be confident, make the pick, and they did that. And, they, and that's what Detroit has now been showing with the coaching staff with everything's changing over there. And we know we got a different team. Um, everybody in that division knows it's a different team when you face the Lions now. I want to give another John Schneider, a former Packer, GM, yep. the GM, GM for the Seattle. Seahawks. Another great draft. He, he great destroyed draft. he was, destroyed the draft last year. Right, he destroyed them last year. Five, five or six starters, right on on the first seven rounds. So he picks up Devon Witherspoon at Illinois. I've seen this guy play firsthand. Beast, absolute beast. Okay, and can hit. Jackson, uh, Jackson Smith, uh, and Jabu, and Jabu. A lot of a lot of people thought that we were going to pick up. Yep, I think is a great addition to their receiving core because they already have. You know, they need D tackle help. But they offensive line. I mean, they've got they've just got pieces in place right now, and they're just saying we're we're going to help this quarterback we just gave the bag to. We're going to help him be great. Mm-hmm. Derek Hall at Auburn's going to play immediately. This is the Jack Sharp, the running back from UCLA. Deshaun Foster's down there uh, coaching him up for the last four years. He says this what? is the dude. Yeah, no this this my this man D Foss. I know D Foss. Yeah, big this dude. kid good dude. This kid can play. Anthony Bradford from LSU. I did a thing on him, the guard out of LSU. Mm-hmm. Monster. He's going to step in and immediately, probably going to play right guard and help that right side. Step in and play immediately. He just, they just kill it. 
The center out of Michigan is a good player. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Oluwatimi, but yeah, I'll blow it. Yeah, you were right, Oluwatimi. Yeah, Oluwatimi. But good good player on a great line, well coached. Yep. He won the uh, Remington Award. Did he? Was that him? Uh, I don't know. Let me see a picture. Hold up. Because I met him. He was down here when he got the Remington Trophy. Yep, that's him. Yep, great kid. I gave I was able to talk to him a little bit when he won the Remington Award here in uh, January mm-hmm. of this year. Uh, great family, um, great support system, and basically said, "Hey, man, hey, you know, get yourself ready because it's um, it's a mind. You got to have a mindset of when you come in, no matter what round you get drafted, and you have your business together first. You study that playbook, you hit it with um, wild and abandoned, and then once you get on that football field physically." And you do that too. get yourself in shape, ready to go, because you already have the tools, what you've been doing for three, four years. Uh, no, he transferred in. He went portal then to Michigan. Right. He was somewhere else before, I think. And he portaled to Michigan last year and still won all these awards. Um, so that means he's already understanding, regardless where I go, I got to be like this. I got to play no matter where I'm at. I got to be that person for my old line and for my teammates. And obviously, and he's and he, and he got a straight and straight, steady mind and a straight and steady focus. So. I'm excited for them and having him in Seattle where they like to run the ball anyway and play hard defense is he's going to be a good fit for that Seahawks team. I'd be interested to see if he starts early. I know they've, they've got some guys are happy with up there, but it's a great pickup. No doubt. I got some listener questions for you. You ready for them? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. AG what's an overused draft speak phrase or term that drives you crazy. <laughs> Anything that Mel Kuyper says. Anything. Okay. That's true. So, so Anything. here's one. Here's one that Mel Kuyper says: tons of untapped potential. You just got to coach him up. Oh, okay. Thanks, Mel. That's yeah. one. You know the one that bothers me: generational talent. Oh, every year. Every yes. Year, there's like three quarterbacks that have generational talent. This what guy is that? Generational talent. The only guy that has generational talent is Anthony Richardson. He's the only guy. And by mm-hmm. the way, that's for like the last four years because there ain't nobody like him because he broke all the combine records and he can throw the ball through the moon. So, you know what I mean? That's what generational talent means. You see what yeah. I mean? That one probably, that drives me insane. <clears throat> I, but I, you know what drives me the most in, is, is with, with the, just the whole the whole premise of how we look at these guys um, from a, I guess, from a media standpoint. And I... I, I what am I trying to say here? So the way that the teams look at these guys sometimes is so different. And then, you know, if a guy, like if a guy lines up their draft as close, like close to their team or it doesn't, and, you know, has, a, I just go, all this stuff's kind of fun. Cause we, we like watching tape, but really all we really care about is like, okay, I would rather just talk about, okay, here's who they drafted. We didn't have to do anything before the draft. You and I, we could have no. just, okay, who's they drafted. All right. I'm going to tell you how to beat them. Because that's really all I care. You know what I mean? That's, that's all we care about. Can I beat him or can I not beat him? That's what we. That's really what we want to look at. But that's it. all this other stuff, all the other intangibles and this and that comes from me. It's like, dude, how do you beat him? Are they hard that's to beat it. or they easy to beat? Simple, simple, simple. All right, what do you think of the value question? When teams, when teams talk about, oh, that's good value, that's like running back things, an easy example. That's not a good first-round value. How do you, as if you're a GM, obviously there's a little bit of strategy and gamesmanship to it. But just generally speaking, how do you think about value versus like, dude, I'm going to take players right now if I think they're the right guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. The value comment 
is in my book, it's like, what are you valuing? Like, what are you value evaluating or giving that value to? Because to my team as a GM, I already know what I need, what is valuable to me, you know, and what positions are. So for a commentator, a talking head to say that, I'm like, what is it? Because that's the difference to every GM in terms of what's valuable to their team and their draft or who they who they need, not who they want. I say what I need is valuable to me because I need a guard or I need a quarterback. I need a strong safety. I When I need things, those are the, those are the players I'm picking that I'm making sure I do my thorough analysis of them from top to bottom. And then when I put on the tape, I am satisfied. I'm watching does that somebody. Force you to reach? What, what if I, does that force you to reach? No. Okay. No. I will not reach. It won't force me to reach because I know when I turn on the tape, the last part is when I turn on the tape and I'm like, yeah, that's my safety mm-hmm. in, in, two, in, in five seconds. In a five-second play, that's my guy. That's my running back. That's my wide receiver. When I see them do – when I see them do that position, that position as we know it, running back dropping his shoulder, linebacker filling the A gap, making a tackle, uh, wide receivers running certain routes and getting open. I'm like, mm, yep, that's my guy. You know, that's that's how I get to that. Where then the value to me to every other GM, all 31 GMs is different. I agree. I agree completely. I think the Detroit Lions are like the one to talk, you know, with, with this idea, we just listed four guys who may or may not fall in the same draft order because of value that the Lions did. And a lot of people are questioning, like, it's a head scratcher. It's like, well, the only thing you can say is maybe the Lions think they're further along than they are, but my counter, that would be like the NFC North's open. It's wide open. Wow. They're the, right now I'm looking at the, the Lions, like they're the best team in the NFC North. And I think they're the, they're the team that got, the most better. I know that's probably poor English, but right. better by the widest gap. There's a podcast, Mike. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, o- o- over over the over the last three days than anybody else, right? And so right. you look at pick up a running back is going to play immediately. Has is a, a huge problems for the opposing defenses. Yep. Linebacker is going to be your your signal caller for the next ten years, right? Uh, safe safety that's going to come in. You, you're just putting pieces in place, and you already have. A quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl. You have an explosive offense. Your offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, stayed for the year. You have the best offensive line, arguably, in the league. Okay. Yeah. You've got what the only thing you don't have is defensive tackle. So you got to figure that out, obviously. But you have Aiden Hutchinson. You guys got, can you have any guys that can rock with him for and play at a little bit higher level? Mm-hmm. But you have pieces literally everywhere else. Safety position, it'll take a little bit of time. Obviously, the, the deep, their defensive secondary was a problem last year, so yeah. they they are they're continuing to address it both in free right. agency and the draft. But I feel like if if I'm those guys, what do I what am I waiting for? I get fired in three years if I don't perform. Like, <laughs> I'm going to perform if exactly. I feel like I'm even close and I can make it right to now. the NFC Championship, bro. I'm going. Yes. So when in division, mm, they got the they got the people to do it. Speaking of the tight ends for the Packers, the question is, do you think one of these two tight ends, talking about Kraft or Musgrave, mm-hmm. will uproot DeGuara as the H-back tight end role? As 100%. a short, more agile tight end, I think. Competition-wise, 100%. I don't think there's any DeGuara, brother, strap. Hey, if I'm DeGuara right now, mm-hmm. I'm getting my mind right. Right now. I mean, this is the mindset I had coming into the NFL. I already knew because what I went through here in Nebraska – I was, a, I was an All-American. I came in the training camp. I was fifth on the depth chart. All-American in high school. Where I was I at? Fifth on the depth chart. So I had to prove myself. So that's what 
DeGore, Tyler Davis, they have to do their if we're talking about value, they better prove their value to understanding that they got some, as we call in the locker room, some real dogs coming in there that know how to run block and know how to run routes and be physical at the same time. So those two, Tyler Davis, DeGore, need to get their minds right. And that's being just real and straight up. If I'm a coach, I'm like, I'm looking at them like, hey, you better turn to another level. You need to flip that switch on, take it to a whole nother level. You got these these young dogs coming in here that are already doing it and they're ready to and they're going to get paid more money. So they're going to be a lot more motivated. So it's going to be interesting. And I like I my room right now. Yeah, I don't. I was going to say, I don't think there's any doubt that, that DeGuar in particular, who, who listen, he contributed last year. He's, he's, he's yeah, he an, did. He, he's an NFL player. Exactly. But there's no there's no doubt that he was sitting here this offseason. They, he knew they were going to pick up some tight ends, whether it was free agency or draft. So this isn't a necessarily a, a surprise for no, him, but it is not, one of those no. like, oh, man, they, they picked up two guys that play my position. And they're, and are good. they're both pretty athletic and they weigh 250 pounds and one of them is yeah. Fast as hell, you know. You just go. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's yeah, get it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ag, you want to? We got time for some. Uh, we got time for some. Get off my lawn. Oh yeah, what we got? What we okay. Get off my Listen, lawn we're gonna start with this, bro. Last <laughs> night. Okay, I'm gonna start by saying this. Peter Pan is one of my favorite stories. Okay, since I was a kid, my my yeah. parents took me like a Peter Pan live action, like a theater performance of Peter Pan when I was a kid. So I've always liked this shit. I like the idea that you don't have to grow up. I like Neverland. You fight pirates all day. You get it. Right? <laughs> now, I understand now that the 1930s cartoon of Peter Pan was insensitive in a, in a number of ways. I Correct. understand that when Jane Berry wrote his theater play and, you know, that the, all the boys were lost boys and there weren't any girls involved and Wendy was uh, kind of needed a damsel in distress. I understand that is not where we're at. Today. socially or yeah. anything i i get that when you're five you just think that the dude's flying around it's pretty cool you know what i mean yeah so so we turned this movie on because i it's see on, on disney, disney plus disney yeah. channel yeah peter pan and wendy come on and i can't put into words Uh-oh. how disappointed i was in this movie <laughs> in every it, it basically was like every Every uh, woke, bad, everything you could have added to this movie. Can we make Peter Pan? Peter Pan was the bad. Let's. Peter Pan was the bad guy. Peter Pan's a bad guy. Here's it. I don't want anybody to watch it, so I'll just tell everybody. Peter Pan's a bad guy. You feel bad for Captain Hook. Wendy is the hero. Tiger Lily is the hero. The Lost Boys are mostly girls. You know what I mean? It's it's all fine. Yeah. But it just. Boy, Peter I, Pan's I was, the bad guy? What? Peter, Peter Pan is essentially the bad guy in the show. He's the pathetic. He's 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 he has double he has done some bad things to people. He's the bad guy and he needs and at every at every single turn Peter Pan can't save himself. He needs not just anybody, Wendy. but a very specific demographic to save him every time oh my goodness i'm just like you know we're watching me and my son are watching my wife's there and and we're just the commentary was uh it was fun to watch (laughs) now i gotta check it out uh, i've got to check it out i gotta you know what the problem you know what the problem is well maddox maddox is saying he's he was complaining about this we woke up this morning we're playing soccer and he's complaining about it still and he just looks at me he goes he goes we'll watch it again i go oh yeah we will (laughs) 
Um, I've had that experience with movies or TV series the last year where I turn it on and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um, it's a different world we live in. I missed what I'm, I'm what are they, what is this movie or series? What are they doing here? What are they, what, what message are we trying to send? Are we trying exactly. to, I'm like, film, or is everything political? I'm like, what is going on? I can't remember. It was something I watched in the last couple months where I was like, probably what is going on here? I can't. I'll think about it next show and I'll bring it up. Were the Kings doomed after game six on Friday? They beat the hell out of the Lakers. They start taking photos, like post-game photos in the locker room. And it was like, not the Lakers. You know, the, you mean uh, the, uh, the Golden Warriors. State? Yeah, Golden Warriors. And you start going, uh, I didn't know they did that. Doing your immaturity. That was a bad, yeah. don't put them out. Right? Yeah. And they put them out yeah. and it was like, and you're done. That'll be that'll yeah, yeah. Again, back to trash talking. Don't trash talk. Period. Unless you unless you back you could if unless you that guy, and especially in this NBA. Brooks. Brooks. No, you're not that guy yet. He's a good player. He's a great I've seen him what he did in the in his seven games of the well, NBA don't playoffs. Don't, don't say he's a great player. <clears throat> no, I say no. he's a good player. I say he's a good player. I I know I just switched teams, by the way, from the Kings to the Grizzlies, but but and I've never, you know, I've never rooted for LeBron James in my life. I rooted right. for LeBron James after that. Dylan yeah. Brooks got me to root for LeBron. I was like, dude, I hope LeBron drops. And then he didn't drop 50. I was, I was like, come on, man. Like, this yeah. is going to need to drop 50 on this guy's head. Yeah, it was interesting. That was something interesting. Yeah, Dylan Brooks, he didn't want to be the bad guy. I think Bro, he asked the media, but not he, to be the bad guy. <laughs> does he get kicked? Does he get kicked off that team? He's got to get kicked off that team, right? For what did he do? Well, other than okay, hitting so, LeBron, so, I know he. So, so he Brooks talk. He trolls LeBron after the after like game two or whatever. Right, and, and basically just basically just guarantee. No, 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 you, oh. bro. Before that, okay. So before that happened, after the, the the first or second game, he went to the media and he's like, got a jacket on, no shirt, huge chain, designer sunglasses, doing you know being being Captain Cool. And right. just start saying how LeBron's old, and I wish I would have played him when he was good. Like just bad mouth. Oh, oh. Yeah, so that's why. So that's why everybody's ears went up, and then went out and get the hell beat out of him. Yeah, played terrible for the next two games. Wouldn't talk to the media after. Yeah, the next he two got games. fined. I saw didn't, that. Didn't own up to. Didn't own up to his talk. And then this last one after they got eliminated, he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm not really mad. I talk trash because that's just who I am." It's like, well. We're, who were you when you know he's a front runner, right? Like that exactly. whole team. That, oh yeah, that's you know why you don't I mean? trash talk. If you can't back it up for any reason, don't that's don't it. do it. Don't jump in the ring with that. He learned a lesson the hard way. I like that Kings team though. That, was, that Golden State Kings uh, series was fun. That to was watch, yeah, right? that was a good series. Solid. Steph Solid. Curry dropping a fifty burger yesterday was ridiculous. Right. Hey G, I got one more for you before we get out of here, man. Right. After the draft, everybody's healthy. Rank the division right now. Ooh. Divisions around the league? No, no, no. Just rank ours. Oh, oh, NFC North. Everybody healthy. Everybody's healthy. So quarterbacks are Jordan Love. Yep. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins. Jared Goff. Jared Justin Goff. Fields. Ooh, everybody healthy. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go Detroit one. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna go a wild card here. I'm gonna go Chicago two, mm -hmm. and then Minnesota, and then mm -hmm. us. That's where I'm at. Because we got, I, I agree with you. I think I think Justin Fields is gonna elevate. Yes, I mean we saw it this past season. 
And like I said, against us, it's going to be learning as we go how to be a pro. Hmm. They're going to have a good season, but Jordan Love is going to go through those bumps and grinds just like Aaron did. Hmm. Brett did it too. That first year is not going to be easy. Is it going to grow, be growth? Yes, there's going to be growth. All those players will get connected from the tight ends to the receivers to the run game. And then year two is be like, all right, we got beat up. Now um, we got it. I understand what we need to do. And, if, you know, if they don't go through that, great. But they're going to be some bumpers in a row. And that's just natural for a young team. Basically, I don't know if I know if some of the players don't want to say it, but they rebuilt. They rebuilt. They're rebuilding now. Agreed. So and so it's and it's not and it's natural. It's not nothing saying against the Packers. It's just this is the normal transition when you go from you having Hall of Fame talent in certain positions or in positions, period, not just where they're at. And that talent is gone. And then now you got talent coming in there that has not don't have the experience level reps, games under their belt that the players previously had. So now they have to you're pretty much starting from zero. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. It's okay. You're gonna have this year. Have soak it in, learn from it, and then um, two, 2024 is going to be a, a better year. That's what you, that's the idea of what they're going through, what they're going to go through in 2023. So, Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell, second year, they could have a they could have a jump in production. Like I could see that happening. And they pick mm-hmm. up Jordan Addison. They could have a jump. I mean, they have weapons, man. I mean, and they have, yeah. and I, and I think their offensive line is only going to get better. Chicago picked up my favorite tackle, Darnell Wright, in the league. I mean, I, th- I think that maybe Skaronsky's, you know, maybe a more complete guy right now. But just as far as, like, projects, man, like, I think that Darnell Wright kid is going to be amazing. Um, so, I, you could say two or three or three or two with those guys. You know, I flip-flop them. Mm-hmm. Or I wouldn't argue with you either way. But, yeah, man, I, I don't – it'll be interesting to see if the Packers aren't – in fourth place at the end of the year right now. I mean, just the way that way it's looking, I, I, I don't think it, it doesn't like, and the thing is, like you said, AJ, it's just, it's just a natural part. Like you can't be good all the time. Right. You know, you just can't, it's like the, the Patriots lose Tom Brady. It's like you, it, I don't care how good Bill Belichick is. Like Tom Brady's the one calling the shots, man. Like on the field, yeah. like it happens. This is what happens. So be prepared. Be prepared. Fans too. Cause we know how the fans are. <laughs> Speaking of fans, AJ, where they can find you and tell you about your other uh, ventures on this channel. Oh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Amon Green 30 on uh, all one word. And then on TikTok, Amon Green's Gamers Lounge. That's every Wednesday live on Amon Green TV and Amon Green's Gamers Lounge on YouTube. Check me out at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you. Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, Prostitute Performance Instagram. You can check the show out at the Prostitute you've been fun man we will see you next week peace thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.